I'm Scott Stewart. This is TMA Talks, and today we're talking with Xi'an Carroll, Managing Director and Management Committee member of the DAC Group, an investment bank serving the middle market for both healthy and distressed businesses. Xi'an, let's, uh, let's get into the family business a little bit, because there's a lot of mid-sector family businesses, and it's, they're, they're not the easiest people to uh, convince or approach when it comes to spearheading problems earlier in time. Let's talk about that a little bit. Okay. So let's understand the psychology of the business owner. Many of them are entrepreneurs or they have, they're in the second or very seldom in the third generation. They are used to taking chances, taking risks, and they are not necessarily well suited to be warned about signs. So one has to do it in a different type of way to talk about signs of change rather than distress. These are people who are used to rejecting advice and being successful because they have rejected advice. Now, so, are we talking about the, the first generation owner or the second generation owner? Because one of, one of the issues that comes up often is the second generation has kind of ridden on the coattails of the founder and uh, matriarch or patriarch of a business. So what, ha what happens when it gets to that second generation? Are they, are they the weak link? That is an outstanding question, and unfortunately, you're absolutely correct. Uh, the first generation, there is a danger over there as well, because they have only met with success and have, uh, to have rejected advice. The second generation is not necessarily as capable as the first. Occasionally you get a second generation that is, is as capable or more capable, but they are certainly more uh, susceptible to these problems. And I have written in an article uh, in Family Business on ways to actually address them, how to talk to these uh, second generation uh, owners. What I'd like to do with your permission is to talk about what are these signs of change. I would love you to do that. Please do. There are really two types of signs of change. I would classify them, the first one being financial and the second one being psychological. This is not an exhaustive list, but as you can see, it is far earlier than the what are called the signs of distress. So among these uh, early hints are appearance of new competitors, a shift in buying or sales trends, increased importance of payment timing, deferral of capital expenditures, lack of innovation in products or methodologies, even an over-reliance on an officer, a supplier, a customer, channel or trend. Those are financial signs of change. There are also, however, softer uh, signs that are more psychological. No new blood in management. Sometimes the business owner, whether it's a first, second, or third generation who has family or health demands that negatively affect the focus on the business, it could even be, you notice, a lack of enthusiasm for new opportunities and a lack of a desire or sometimes an inability 
uh, might be financial, it might be other types of resources, to take the company to the next level. These are the signs that the owner is aware of or could be aware of, may actually not realize the significance of these signs. So as an investment banker, once you've identified these signs, tell me next steps of what you would do to either uh, aid the owners in addressing these problems and or making a decision on investment based on their reaction to uh, you helping them self-identify these problems. That is a very important step. Thank you for identifying it. You'd be shocked. Sometimes we have clients, and I look at it in this prism, and I, I say to them, you know what? A sales process may not be the right step for you at this point. You need to do a restructuring. You need to reformulate your business proposition. There are a number of alternatives, and instead of immediately going for one alternative, whether one's, let's say, a restructuring financial advisor saying, okay, bankruptcy, or okay, a full restructuring, or if you're an investment banker saying sales process, one can work with the client to show that there are many alternatives. It might be, for example, a hybrid, it might be saying to them, you need to take some money off the table and bring in a partner who can do what you can't do or you no longer wish to do. The advantage today is that there's so much money in the market that professionals can provide a wide variety of alternatives to a client. It's like, you know, the person who only has a hammer, every single object looks like a nail to her. We can't do that anymore. We should show the alternatives. And this is a very powerful tool for the client. It will provide tremendous value and enables the professionals to get involved and no longer be the grim reaper. Let me, let me ask you uh, a follow-up question. You, you mentioned something very interesting. Everybody knows that there's a lot of money out there, but there's a huge amount of sector volatility, and economic signs seem to be counterintuitive to the realities of, of what seems to be going on uh, in the middle market. Is this confusing environment part of the problem and not the solution, particularly at the mid-sector business and particularly at the family business, where they feel that the economy is in such a strong place, even if it's not the reality, that they, they feel that they can weather the storm, so to speak? Yes, that is a real problem. And in the middle market, people, the owners, ultimately are not really looking at the economic trends the way, I'd say, larger public companies do. They really run by their life interests. For example, uh, somebody who, and we see this often, somebody who doesn't want to spend every day at home with their spouse. And they, they, they enjoy working, so they put off selling a company in whole or in part because that's what is of interest to them now. Or alternatively, they suddenly wake up and they say, I need to fund uh, a trust fund for my children or grandchildren. So in the middle market, there isn't a homo economicus in the way that textbooks tell us uh, that they are. 
they really, people are responding to non-economic uh, uh, pressures and they are lulled at the moment, exactly as you suggested, by the outstanding M&A market. It's a seller's market at the moment. Xi'an, in the time we have left, some concluding thoughts as you tease out some really important and intuitive um, issues and solutions. I want to really address the professionals in the restructuring market because the analysis that I have written about and now spoken about, I want to pull together for you. This is, gives you a role and an opportunity to get more business and to provide value to your clients. I have never met, for example, a restructuring lawyer who says that he has gotten all the work from his corporate uh, brethren at his firm that he should have. Every restructuring lawyer feels that the corporate department isn't feeding him sufficiently. What I am suggesting is that an understanding of these signs of change and can enable professionals to work together in their firms and with uh, other firms and also to be able to talk to their clients about some of these issues because only their clients have this these indicia. So if a lawyer, for example, can work, can speak to the client about these issues before the client is even aware of them, that will make the lawyer much more valuable to the client and also more desirable to the client because, quite frankly, the clients are not interested in legal issues. They are interested in what will make them successful or save them from harm. So now you're talking about practical solutions. I'm talking about practical solutions. And I've actually worked up and I've now spoken to a number of law firms about the hard and soft skills. I actually go through some questions and some discussion items that they can go through with their clients to, to draw them out. And instead of telling them, oh, there's this new case that came out in Delaware, to talk to them about some of these issues which the client is interested in and will enable the client to see the lawyer, for example, in a totally a different perspective. Um, there's also, I think that the professionals have to look at these private companies in a different way. These are families and they need to look at methodologies for dealing with family members, including for non-controlled family members, and that's one of the things that I addressed in the family business uh, article. What I'd like to do really, I spoke uh, to conclude with, is I spoke before about the centrality of hope uh, for people. And just finished maybe with a statement by Jerome Groupman in the Anatomy of Hope. Many of us confuse hope with optimism, a prevailing attitude that things turn out for the best. But hope differs from optimism. Hope is the elevating feeling we experience when we see in the mind's eye a path to a better future. Hope acknowledges the significant obstacles and deep pitfalls along that path. True hope has no room for delusion. If we can offer as professionals hope to clients and professional clients, the professionals will get more business and we will have delivered true value to the clients. Shian Carroll from DAC Group, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for sharing your perspective of hope and a fresh perspective 
on restructuring in the middle market and the family-owned business. We really appreciate you, you joining us today. Thank you very much, Scott. I'm Scott Stewart. This is TMA Talks, where we talk everything TMA. TMA.